Hello, Lion Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion King Thoughts Podcast. On this episode, I get to chat with the Bev Informers. And before I get into that, I just want to say that Katie from Copper and Heat and I have partnered together for this Sunday to bring to you a new project we're working on, uh, which is called Sunday Night Projects. Basically, it's going to be every Sunday a live stream at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Lion King Thoughts uh, Instagram page or Copper and Heat, depending on which week it is. This week, it'll be on my Instagram page. And basically at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to have a guest on, a cook, sharing their recipes. It's geared towards industry professionals like yourself listening in. Of course, anybody can watch, but we really miss the uh, camaraderie of the kitchen, and we wanted to have a little bit of that space during this time. So hope you tune in, hope you enjoy, and we look forward to seeing you there. My guests today are the Bev Informers. You can find them on Instagram at B-E-V-I-N-4-M-E-R-S, and this Instagram is going to be dedicated to bringing you knowledge about all things wine, beer, and spirits. I want to introduce them to you now, and I'm really excited to just share this uh, this group with you because I'm really excited for what they're going to do and the content they're going to put out. So first off is Parker James. He's a certified sommelier. He works as a seller sommelier at a three Michelin star restaurant in New York City and is also currently studying for his advanced sommelier exam. Next up is Steve Wojnowski. He's assisting managing a brew house in New Jersey outside of Philadelphia. Steve is also studying for the Cicerone examinations in his free time. Sarah Buchanan is an assistant manager of a bar in Tahoe. She likes experimenting with different spirits inside and outside of work. And then finally, Kenny Belgard is a certified sommelier. He recently was a sommelier at one of the best restaurants in New Jersey, and he is now a server at a two Michelin star restaurant in New York City. I was really grateful they were able to come on. I'm really excited to chat with them. um, And I'm really just like excited for you all to hear the conversation. They leave a lot of great knowledge on really the approach of alcohol. Uh, I think a lot of different alcohol, be it wine, beer, or spirits, has a lot of stigmas around it, and I really enjoy how they break it down, and they really like make it feel personable. Um, in this podcast, Parker James was not able to be a part of it because of technical difficulties, but he is really knowledgeable, and you can follow along uh, his work on the Instagram, and I really you know, hope you see his post because he offers a lot of knowledge. Uh, really sucked he couldn't be, during, um, be a part of this, but you know, he's definitely a part of Bev Informers, and just want to make that clear because you know, they're a really cool group of people, and I'm really excited for what they're going to do. So really hope you enjoy the podcast, and yeah, here we go. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, but if you all just want to go around and introduce yourselves, that would be great. Okay, well, my name is Kenny Belgard. Uh, I am really living. I have an apartment in New York City. Um, but since because of the quarantine, I'm back living at home in Jersey for the time being. Awesome. Um, I'm Sarah Buchanan. I normally live in Tahoe, um, which is beautiful. But right now I'm in Tennessee with my family during the quarantine. Hello, my name is uh, Stephen Bujnowski. Uh, I live right outside of Philadelphia in New Jersey. Uh, and I'm, that's why I'm just with my parents during quarantine as well. All right. Yeah, well, how, I mean, I guess first question for me would be, how's everyone doing during quarantine? I mean, I know it's tough to kind of 
be at home and, you know, I guess just having to stay in all the time. I know for me, one of the biggest things I love to do is going out to eat. Uh, but how are you all handling quarantine? I guess I'll start with Kenny. How have you been handling it so far? Uh, <laughs> for me, it's pretty much just a countdown to when we can go back is really what it is. It's tough. Uh, it's just the government programs are crazy, first of all. So it's just tough, like, dealing with all that and then just, like, wanting to go back to work. And it's just a lot of things going on, especially working in restaurants. It's really difficult because everybody goes into this. I think that you've talked about this in another podcast of yours, that everybody goes into working in restaurants because it's like, oh, everybody always has to eat. Like, I'll always have a job. So it's really tough sort of emotionally dealing with not <laughs> having a job and not having any other restaurants that would hire you at this point, pretty much. There are some exceptions, but pretty much. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, Sarah, how about you? How are you doing during this? I'm actually really good. Um, my mom had major surgery right before this, so it's been good to be home and like help take care of her. She can't drive or barely walk, so I'm helping her with everything. And then I, I would have never had the opportunity to spend this time with this much with my family for this long. So I mean, I moved away into college, far away, and then moved right after college, even farther away. So this is like the perfect chance. I know people are dying. My dad works for the hospital, so I hear about it every day. But I'm just trying to soak it all in right now. No, well, I, uh, during all this, uh, I'm I'm doing pretty well. It was pretty interesting when it first started because I was actually in a different country when they put the lockdown on. So uh, really? I, was I was taking a trip to Ireland, and right when we landed is when they shut all the borders down, and it was very interesting from a different. Uh, perspective from a different country uh, the way they handle it so um, and it was just very weird coming back too because we had no from from an outsider looking in we had no idea what we were coming into uh, it was very surreal we thought it was going to be like mass chaos when we first came back it was very weird but uh, since I got back home uh, it's been been pretty easy figuring everything out and all that kind of stuff but like i i very it was very weird because i couldn't go back to work and all that kind of stuff i couldn't even talk to work because i was in quarantine for two weeks and all that kind of stuff so it's been pretty interesting yeah, i can imagine i mean it's probably like it was probably crazy being overseas and seeing this all happen and then coming home yeah it was I mean, we, we couldn't even fly back into our normal airport we actually had to get redirected into jfk and then we really had to, yeah, and then we had to get tested right when we got off the plane. It was very weird, very weird experience. That is weird. <laughs> I couldn't, like, I couldn't imagine going through that. Um, all right. Well, like I said, thank you all for coming on. And the reason I wanted to have you all on is because I noticed you all have started this new social media um, brand, I guess you would call it. And uh, I was very excited to kind of see some peers of mine doing something different and cool for the industry. So. I don't know who wants to take the lead on describing what it is, but I thought it would be cool to kind of get into that. I think Sarah should take media. Uh, it was kind of her idea to go through all of this. So I think yeah. Sarah should take the lead of what it exactly is. Yeah, so, um, like, I don't even know how it all started, but I have followed beverage Instagrams all throughout college and everything because I follow like amazing cocktail bars and apartment bartender and cocktails for you. They just post amazing stuff. And, and after we graduated, I would always call like Kenny Parker. I'm like, what kind of wine should I put with this dinner or something? And then Bouge, I would be like, Bouge, I had this awesome beer today. Like it was crazy. Or like, I went to this really cool brewery if you're ever 
in the area, especially when I was driving cross country moving, I stopped at all these interesting places. I went to the, I toured the cores and everything. So I'm like, why don't we just create something? Like I kind of just like, it just spilled out. I'm like, why don't we just like have an Instagram like Bouge talks about beer? And it started originally with just Kenny Bouge and me. But then Parker, he is so involved mm-hmm. in wine, even more than Kenny. So I'm like, me and Kenny talked about it. And I'm like, yeah, I think we should bring Parker on too. Like, I think it would be a great idea for us to just, we all have our different foot in different parts of the beverage industry. And I think it's just interesting to all come together because I haven't really seen an Instagram or a social media platform where it covers everything. It's usually just like one or the other. And there's a million wine and beer and cocktail Instagrams, but it's just nice to bring it all home with all of us being friends and knowing what we want people our age to drink. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a cool idea. And I think that, um, you know, you all kind of going together to make this uh, what it is, I think is going to be an exciting time. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, I saw some of your posts so far about the Pinot Noir. And um, obviously, you're very new to Instagram. But what are your, so like, in terms of putting out content and putting out, um, like, I guess, content you want to make, what, what would that kind of look like in the next few months? Kenny, you want to take this? Yeah. Uh, so putting out content, we're planning on pretty much every couple days. We're not going to do every day. I think that's a little bit too much. But every couple days, uh, one of us is going to sort of take the lead uh, with the actual posting. So Sarah did the original one, but then she also did a, her first cocktail post, and she's going to be focusing on cocktails. Um, me and Parker will be switching up doing some wine posts. Uh, Steven's going to be doing a lot of the beer posts. Uh, so we're just all trying to keep sort of our own voices, trying to keep it light. We're not doing anything crazy like expert level or anything like that. It's going to be all pretty much um, beginner level to intermediary because even the even the four of us, we aren't even experts in our field. Like we know a decent amount about these beverages and all that kind of stuff, but we're, we're definitely not anywhere near like an expert level. Uh, so we just really are trying to like with these little posts about wine, I just posted about Pinot Noir today. It was a uh, Oregon Pinot Noir, so it's just like teaching basics about those wines, maybe getting a little bit into the soil types, things like that, and the same kind of concept with both cocktails and beer as well. Okay, awesome. And what for Stephen? What would you be looking to put out in terms of uh, content about beer? Uh, is there anything that you're really interested in right now that would make it onto the page right away? Uh, so uh, I'm really interested in heavy, heavier types of beers. So a lot of stouts, uh, imperial stouts, uh, anything in that kind of realm. Uh, so what's been pretty interesting is the way uh, different brewers are infusing different unique ingredients into their beers. Uh, the brewery right down the street from mine is called uh, Bonesaw Brewery. They just infused a local hot sauce into their beer, and it was a hot sauce chocolate stout, and it it just those type of things really interest me even might not be the best beer it's just interesting the way no. of different ingredients you can put into your beer so i'm i always try to look for something unique and different okay well, that's interesting definitely um going back to what sarah said i know you said you follow like a lot of instagram pages or you've seen a lot of content out there on um i guess the beverage industry but what is i guess because obviously you all have seen a need that needs to be filled within the beverage industry in terms of content out there and media out there what do you think that you want to see out of your own page i mean i know it's going to be like the center for all things like you said alcoholic beverages but what do you think is missing or what do you think needs to be more expressed in terms of uh, media for someone who 
as a bartender or as a sommelier? Like, is there something that you all don't feel like you're truly getting out of current media uh, opportunities in terms of like what people are putting out as content? I think just making the beverage industry, it's overwhelming. Like for, I mean, we went to culinary school, so we have some idea of what a good drink is or how to taste wine or whatever, but it's so intimidating that we just want to like make it simple for people. Like if you don't know what, like Kenny posted about Pinot Noir today, if you don't know a good Pinot Noir, if you see an organ one, you're like, oh wow, that's interesting. And then you can go and try multiple ones. Or like if you go to a bar and you're like, I don't really know what cocktail I would want, but I heard about this one and it seems really cool. So let me try it. And I mean, that's my take. The boys can speak about what they would want out of it, but that's one aspect that I would like to be represented. Yeah, we're trying to go all around from both like the classics cocktails and the classic wines and classic beers and things like that, and just sort of talk about like what makes them classic and really why they are considered classic. And uh, but then also go from there and try to get into more of like modern or complex uh, cocktails and beers and wines. And say that like this is like a classic Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon, but like a couple weeks ago or today or whatever, I had a Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon that was completely different than what a classic one you'd expect it to be. Uh, and like this is why it's different. This is why I think it's still great, even though it's not wouldn't be considered a classic. So we're trying to sort of go all over the place. Where a lot of these, uh, a lot of these other Instagram pages and things like that, they're very very specified, which is good idea but also i think that it's cool if somebody's just really into beverages not even if they're necessarily in the profession if they just have a hobby of like being into alcoholic beverages and things like that and learning about them then they're able to have like sort of a one-stop shop within our instagram and learn about cocktails and beer and wine all sort of through one page instead of going through all different types of page yeah i agree to that okay Uh, i definitely think it's cool no, Steve, you go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I agree to everything they were saying pretty much there. Um, it, I really don't know a lot about wines. I know a little bit about cocktails, but mostly for beers, it's kind of, it's 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 really based on your preference of taste. So uh, it's good to, I think it would be really nice to show the different styles and then different uh, types of flavors you can get and hops and different types of, uh, just different types of varieties that people can just see and taste and where it actually comes from. I think that's what we're also trying to focus on. We're going to try to, since we're so spread out as well and location-wise, we can really, um, really give the, uh, I'm sorry, really uh, show different parts of the country as well for what they want to taste. Okay. And what are some, I guess, what are some uh, different parts of the country that you're interested in right now in your respective, uh, I guess, um, I guess if like, say, Kenny, for example, you're interested in wine what would be a certain part of the country that you're really interested in now and going for beer or cocktails or anything else that you're going to be sharing on the page um i would say in general for wine the biggest interest i have right now that's within the country is washington state i think that they're coming out with a lot of good like value type of wines Uh, obviously they get quite expensive as you get up there but even on the value side of it washington has some really really good wines that they're putting out right now um but for as far as posts specific i'm not going to be going for specifically like i'm not going to be searching out for washington wines i like to have a big variety within it because i love washington wines someone who might be looking at the page they could be like oh yeah like that sounds great and they go and have it and they hate it it's a very big preference so i like to sort of get 
mm-hmm. especially mine is a huge preference. So I, I want to sort of go with whites and heavier whites and lighter whites and heavier reds and lighter reds and sort of go all over the spectrum with that. So I'm not going to focus too much on like a specific varietal or a specific region or anything for wines wise. Okay. Um, how challenging has it been for you all, I guess, post going into school? I guess this is something that's interesting for me is that so you, both know, you all know that I took more of a culinary route, but when you were at school, you had such, I feel like a lot of great resources there, but how challenging is it to kind of learn about beverages on your own outside of being in a uh, school where literally you can have as much resources as you could possibly imagine? I think we, none of us realized that we were going to go into the beverage industry when we started school. We all were like, yeah, we're going to be cooks. Um, we're going to take forever like stay forever in the kitchen and work our butts off and I mean we're still working our butts off but it's just different um and I think like throughout school at least for us we were all like oh let's go check out this new place and like we all are people who want to experiment and try something new and I think that's the drive you need is like oh I'm gonna try something even with cooking I have to try something oh it didn't work out okay why didn't it work out let me try it again and um I think we've had more of an opportunity to do that since leaving school because we're just exposed much more. Um, I mean, I can at least speak for me. I had no bartending experiment experience when I left school, but then I got thrown into a job and I was like, okay, well, I got to learn this. And then I became, I feel like I'm a decent bartender. And then I go out to other bars now and I'm like, okay, this is a good drink. And like, why is this a cool bar to be at? And what other bars are like this where I want to go experience. And every time I travel now, I've been traveling a decent amount. I can try new bars and kind of find like my niche of what I like. Okay. Uh, so for me, I don't know the best way to put it. Um, for me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, I really was not, I had no idea what I was going to do right after graduation. Uh, I really thought I was just going to go back into the, culinary field of some sort but then uh i really was trying to find a job but i couldn't find the right one it was not nothing was really coming out towards me and so then i i really enjoyed beer so then i kind of just started going towards that way and that's how i kind of got into the uh, beer uh, beer field if you want to say and then uh you know it's i from the year that almost two years now going to graduated well, over two years, uh, I've traveled to so many different states, uh, traveled out of the country, just trying different and new things. And, and the history behind uh, the beer is just fascinating to me. So uh, the way I can, I guess, improve on it is just keep t- keep finding what I like, I guess. It's, it, it, it beer is so different between cocktail and, and wine because uh, you can do it by specific uh lights or heavy reds and whites but beer there's such a broad spectrum and everything no beer is the same because they're, they're really not there's so many different ingredients that go into them so it, okay. it, it's just a preference and you you're talking about like the history of beer or going to different places and really really being intrigued by that is there a certain country or area that you really like were surprised with in terms of their history of making beer and how it's affected their society uh, so yeah, actually, just when I was in Ireland, that that was uh, very interesting to me because uh, 
Guinness and Murphy's is the two biggest types of uh, beer distributors in the country. Murphy's is an imperial style and Guinness is just a regular style. And it's really the way they're cultured it, around the entire country is just amazing to me. And uh, pretty much how they incorporate into their uh, economy is huge there. So they grew from a little... Uh, distillery into the pretty much the, one of the biggest distiller, distilleries in the world for Guinness is is absolutely is amazing to me. The way they did it uh, is kind of fascinating to me. That's pretty cool. I mean, I definitely have to look more into it, but I hope to see, you know, hopefully if you can put that on the page, I'll definitely be interested in reading it. And then, uh, Kenny, for you, I mean, wine is something that is, I feel like it's an intimidating for a lot of people uh, because it is, it can be expensive, uh, especially if you're trying to compare uh, two or three different types of wine so how has it been for you since uh, leaving college i think that I, I got a lot of knowledge towards the end of my college career as well sort of like that last like two semesters being in college since the second to last one was my wines concentration out in california and then the last one was pretty much when i got both my first and my second level certification from the quartermaster sommelier so i learned a lot of that in my last two semesters but really um going into the field I'm like, yeah, I definitely want to go into wine. I want to be like a sommelier. I want to learn all that stuff. Um, and then my first job out of school, I pretty quickly got onto the wine team at a restaurant in New Jersey, which I've since left. But in New Jersey at this restaurant, I was a sommelier there. Uh, and it's really, it's very different, especially you could say the exact same thing about being like a chef. Going from school and learning everything in like a classroom and with like a chef instructor and everything like that, it's very difficult to uh, sort of transition into like practically using it. You learn a lot, but it's such a different like set of skills. Like, yes, I know all this stuff about all these different grapes and all these different producers and things like that. But then actually like practically utilizing it is very, very difficult. Um, but you learn a lot from that. I think that that is really just learning sales at that point. Being a sommelier and selling wine and sort of having all that theory about wine, it really just comes down to can you take that theory and that knowledge and sort of execute it properly? So it's just a big learning curve, really. Okay. And I think one thing I would think about if I was uh, knowledge of different areas, different regions, so you're able to, like you said, sell and meet what other people enjoy. If you're going to a restaurant that has a certain, um, I guess, type of wine list or a certain region where you're kind of not stuck, but you're obviously selling only a certain amount of different wines, how, are, how do you keep yourself fresh on everything else that you aren't going to be in contact with while working at that job? Uh so I keep myself fresh sort of like with trends within the industry, I think is where it's really coming from is that question is, uh, first of all, I was very careful on the kind of restaurant that I picked when I went to, uh, when I tried to find a job, like I didn't work at, uh, any like specific like cuisine type, like a lot of the like very like big, like Italian restaurants in New York city where they have like a humongous wine cellar, but like 90% of it is dedicated to Italian wines. I made yeah. sure, and I continued to make sure even going on to my second job out of school now, that I stuck with a restaurant that had a very wide spectrum of different wines from all over the world. They have a lot of French wines and American wines and Italian wines and Spanish wines and things like that. And I did that purposefully so that I would continue to learn about all the different types of wines and different types of cultures and things like that. I didn't want to get too specific into it. Um, but when I go out to restaurants, I always, uh, when I want a bottle of wine, I always have the sommelier sort of recommend something to the wine director, whoever it is, um, because I might know wines, but like, everybody's going to go towards what they think is like, oh, I've ha had that before. I know it's really good. And they sort of stick to what's safe. I always go to it 
uh, I always go to a sommelier to recommend what's different, what's really interesting. What have you been tasting recently that's like, oh, you have to try that. Like, it's a great wine. So that's how I sort of go about it. And that's how I keep finding new, like, special gems and things like that. And also the other bright side of that is that usually they're not going to pick, like, a super, super expensive one. Because super expensive wines, those are the wines that are, like, cult followings and, like, people like Camus, for example. Like, everybody loves Camus. So, like, that's not something special. That's not something that's, like, really, really interesting, I should say. Because it's, like, the taste a lot of people like that kind of stuff. So when you ask a sommelier for their recommendation of what they want or like what they would drink if they were sitting down right now, they're going to give you something that's, first of all, inexpensive and something that's really interesting and sort of worth the money. Um, Sarah, going to you with uh, cocktails, um, you know, I think I've seen a lot of people online, uh, you know, through learning line cook thoughts, trying new cocktails, trying to get um, more involved with learning how to make a cocktail. What are some advice you would give to some people, whether they be in the food industry or just at home trying to like up their knowledge of some good solid cocktails they could try at home or some liquors they could have on hand? Because I feel like a lot of people are intimidated by cocktails because they might not have all the essential uh, alcohols that go into making a certain cocktail. So I guess what would your advice be to someone beginning to make cocktails at home and wanting to be successful but feeling a little overwhelmed? So, I mean, the cocktails and cocktails can be really expensive too because if you want to actually try and be a bartender you have to buy all these spirits which can be a lot especially if you want top shelf spirits so i would just say find (laughs) the liquor that you like like if you're a vodka drinker admit that you're a vodka drinker and that's what you you prefer cocktails with vodka and then just like you know i mean you know your own taste like, I just like drinks that I'm like, oh, that sounds like when I'm looking at a menu, I'm not like, oh, like maybe I'll try a drink. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I've never heard of something like that. But I'm usually like, oh, yeah, like I love like I love gin. Like I'm going to probably go more for a gin drink. But sometimes I'm like, oh, let me experiment. So I think it's all about like knowing what you want, not willing. Like if you screw up, like if you screw up a cocktail, it's really not that big of a deal. You just dump it down the drain if it's really bad. Like it's real. Like you're not buying a sixty dollars steak and you accidentally burnt it. Like you can just try again. It's really not that big of a deal. And it's also fun. Like at at my home in Tahoe, I like started a little bar and people know that I'm like mixing drinks all the time, so they buy me liquor for my bar. And so it's just like it becomes like a social. Cool. And you can mix drinks for people when they come over and like you're like, hey, I think this is a cool drink. Like, what do you think? Um, and then I recently went to go work at another bar that they needed help with their beverage program. And like, we just experimented all the time and it was so much fun. And it was like, like, we were like, oh, that's good. Oh, we're not serving that. Like, or that's mm-hmm. ugly. How can we make it prettier? It's just, it's really just your personal preference. Like not every drink has to be amazing. I also love a gimlet, which is literally just gin and lime juice. That's like one of my favorites. It's very classic. And super easy. You can't really mess that one up. <laughs> so, and you can even make cocktails. If you are a wine drinker or a beer drinker, there are plenty of cocktails with both. So you can, the cocktail world, I know I didn't really answer your question, but I'm just like, there's so much you could do with it. Like it's just overwhelming sometimes. And I just think having a cocktail or any drink is about having a good time and enjoying it with people you like. So as long as you are having fun, then everyone else is having fun. And again, just throw the drink down the drain if it's really <laughs> bad. I've made, one time I made a, um, 
like a car bomb or something. It's not really. Well, I put Bailey's in a shot and I threw it in a peanut butter stout and it was awful. <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, and it, the Bailey's curdled really quick and it was just all chunky. And I was like, nope, throw it down the drain. <laughs> Let me try something else. So it's really just about like admitting, let me just try it again. And that's my answer. Awesome. No, that's good advice. Uh, I definitely hope anyone looking to make a cocktail takes your advice because, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is just kind of figuring out what you like and being able to have the confidence to do it. Um, Steven, in regards to beer, I mean, I feel like beer is one of those things where, I mean, for me personally growing up, I know my dad, my uncle, whoever in my family, my great aunt, all had their specific beer they would drink and they really wouldn't go outside of that. Um, most of the time it's Molson. It's Canadian beer. And so, so me being from Buffalo, that's what everyone likes to drink. But um, for someone who is at home, maybe has been drinking the beer for the last couple of years, that's been the same brand. What would you suggest to them in terms of trying new things uh, and kind of getting away from that one single beer that they've always had? Um, you know, that, that's a really good question because it, it I know this is, it, it's easier for, I guess you would say, our generation, a younger, we were exposed to bre the brewery uh, scene exploding during our time. So it was a little bit easier for us to expand and try new things, but it's a little bit harder for an older generation, I would say, to try newer beers just because they're, they're, they had that beer for 20, 30 years. So it's, uh, and I, for example, my, I'm going to give my dad, for example, mm -hmm. he, he's, he's, uh, he, he knows what he likes and he's not going to really try anything new. He's just going to stick with the new type and that's fine. And I, and if that's a standpoint, if it's something that he likes lager or Pilsner, then introduce him to a new Pilsner and a new brewery. And then maybe you build up that way. So if you ever want to try something new in that kind of standpoint, always start low on the stand and pull, uh, something light, uh, and then build your way up to something a little bit more heavier, like an IPA. Cause it's, if you, it might be too much for some people if you start real high, like an IPA or something in that kind of standpoint, stouts or those type of beers, it, it, it can turn you away. Okay. Is there a certain type right now that you're really interested in? Um, right. Like I, I said earlier, I'm really interested in Imperial stouts. Uh, for right, right now, uh, I've been on a binge for peanut butter stouts. It's kind of funny. I really enjoy peanut butter. Uh, so I've been trying to find the best one. Uh, but I just actually had one about a couple weeks ago. It was a Russian Imperial chocolate peanut butter stout. It was it was called Portland's Pony. It's from uh, Illinois. Uh, it was really good. It was like 13%. So it was like really thick. But it was really good. <laughs> it was... Um, so I've been trying to find the best one possible. I, I've been really enjoying those lately. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I mean, thank you all for sharing that um, information. I think that's the beauty of what your Instagram and whatever else you all pursue is going to be is you all have a pretty good knowledge in these areas. And I think it's like, like you said, Sarah, in the beginning, almost like a one-stop shop into, in terms of going and getting this knowledge. Um, kind of going more into your own interests, uh, is there any literature or is there any podcast or anything that you all are listening to or reading right now that you would like to share that maybe someone else could pick up at home if they're interested in this 
uh, type of work or just want to be more knowledgeable in the beverage industry? Uh, for wine specific, I would say I'm actually reading it right now during the quarantine. I bought it like a year ago, but didn't really get the chance to come around to it because it's just working all the time, really. Um, but Wine Folly Magnum Edition for a wine specific book. Um, that's really, really approachable, especially for beginners. It starts right off at like the very beginning stages of like how wine is made and like the classic regions and things like that. Um, but it gets a little bit more in depth as you go along, but it's nothing that's like not manageable. Um, I think that's a really good book wise. I've been really enjoying that so far. Podcasts, if you want a little bit more advanced, the Guildstone podcast is always a really good one for wine specific. Um, gets really interesting with that, but really, I think specifically wine, there's probably like the most amount of like literature and YouTube videos and things like that out there for wine specifically. Um, so it's not too difficult to get into more wine education for books wise. Um, for cocktails, there's a really good book. It's, I think it's really well written and it kind of dumbs everything down called, I think I'm saying it right, Meehan's Bartender Manual, M-E-E-H-A-N. Um, it's pretty, it's a pretty famous book. So it's just, again, there's so much knowledge to know about any of these industries. So just simplifying everything. Um, I also really like the Instagram apartment bartender. I've been following him for a couple of years now. And something that he does that I think is really interesting is he does like an ingredient challenge. So someone will challenge him with a random ingredient and he has to make a cocktail based off of that. And he takes the missions every week and, um, and he travels a lot um, and tries different spirits and, like, goes to Jameson. And, I mean, he's traveled all over the world because his Instagram has just kind of blown up. And he's sponsored by a bunch of people. So I really like that Instagram. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, what I've been, my parents actually got me for my birthday. It's a magazine called The Growler. Uh, so pretty much it gives you information what's going on in the country about beer. Uh, it does about, it does some food pairings. It does some certain different articles around the country from this one that I actually have in my hands from like, has a Minnesota article. So it's talking about the, uh, what IPAs do for, uh, to compare hot foods with IPAs and how it milds it down. So I really enjoy it just because it has food and beer pairings, but also tells me a little bit about the culture going on in the beer world. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you all for sharing that. Um, I think, you know, I think one thing I guess I would like to ask you all is um, as we kind of, I know we've been doing this for a half hour, but you know, as you all start to branch out and do your own thing in your own respective industry what is one thing you would want to see change or one perception you wish you could see change in regards to beer cocktails and wine um from the, the general public i think specifically or even in the industry is there like is there anything i guess you'd want to see change in terms of how wine is approached how um cocktails are viewed how we hold beer in terms of status or like is there any change i guess you'd want to see in your respective uh industries that you've noticed yeah there's for a very long time there's been a huge stigma with not only wine in general but with like the wine profession and being a Somali and things like that it's a lot of people come into it the large majority of people come into it and be like oh they're gonna be really pretentious like if i don't know what i want the Somali is gonna judge me and they're gonna think that i have no idea what i'm talking about um and i think that it's just really 
really tough to sort of get through that because back in the day that was sort of like the traditional like thing that the Somalis seemed very snooty and things like that. Um, but it's really changing nowadays with a new generation of Somalis coming up through the ranks. Um, and that being, it's not like a judgy kind of thing anymore at all. Um, I think that a lot of Somalis, if you come in and honestly say like, I have no idea like what I want to drink, like I'm eating this, like what would you recommend? I think that every Somalier would really give like their honest opinion with it and not be judgy at all. And I think that that's the biggest stigma that I want to sort of take away from the industry that's hurting it now. And I think like what I said from the beginning <laughs> is we just want, we just don't want it to be as overwhelming. And like Penny said, like, you don't have to know so much. Like we just want to simplify everything. Um, I mean, if you want to go experiment, you don't have to drop a lot of money. You can get wines by the glass. Beer can be expensive, but it also doesn't have to be. And you can go and just like you can try cocktails with friends. You can split drinks. We've done that. I've done that with friends before. Or we go out and we all get different shots and we all try each other's or something like i mean don't do that now because <laughs> but yeah. but in the future when everyone's good you can do that i think the one thing for at least beer wise is people really don't appreciate it when they the beer when they eat it with food so um i noticed while working uh, my job, uh, people, some people ask, oh, what goes good with this and uh, why? And I like those questions because I, I barely get those questions at all. And then it gives them a little bit more knowledge to understand why it pairs with this certain type of food. And some people just don't get the grasp of that. And I wish some people not like do that per se but like maybe open their horizons that way and maybe just doing a, a beer and food pairing because that it's coming on the rise a little bit but it just needs a little bit more time and uh people might open up to that okay cool yeah i mean i definitely agree with all of you and um yeah i think i really do think that you know with people like y'all in the industry right now i think you're going to have a much larger impact in making all of this more accessible. Um, and I guess one of my last questions is, um, what's a, what's a meal, I guess, is, is there a meal that you've ever had, um, with your respective cocktail, beer, wine that really like showed you, uh, how powerful it can be to mix food and drink? Like, I, does, do you all have a memory like that, that you'd want to share? Uh, I do per se. So, uh, <laughs> I was at, in, uh, I forget the name of the restaurant, but it was in uh, Philly and they uh, they did food and beer pairings there and they suggested this pretty uh, spicy wing. And it, but they gave us they gave three beer recommendations and all of them were different style IPAs. One was New England, one was West Coast and one was uh, just a I forget the third one. I think it might be just a regular IPA, but they it gave you it told you the way it would uh, reduce the heat level of the actual wing, and then it would tell you what flavors it would get off. So you actually get a little flight of those three beers with your wings. I thought that was really cool, and then uh, it 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 was just really cool to exp uh, experiment with those with the beers and food. It was because it's something I never had before. Um, so I think this could go two ways. Um, the first way is that it's not, for me at least, that the food and the cocktails 
pair really well together. Um, it's about the experience that you have with the drink and kind of like who you're with and where you are. And I think of the Avery in New York I've been to. Their cocktails are amazing. And like, yeah, they taste really good, but it's the whole experience. Um, and I mean, that's one way to do it. And like, I've been to some really cool bars where there's one, like there's a mood wheel and you have to spin it. And then the bartender makes you a drink based off whatever mood you spin. There's also what some bars where you pick a couple adjectives of what you're feeling. And then the bartender will just make a random drink. And I think that's really interesting because it's, you probably would drink something you would never normally drink. And it might become your new favorite drink or your new uh, liquor you would never try before. And then there's also, I think it's really interesting. I grew up kind of close near the Jack Daniels distillery. So all of Jack Daniels come from Lynchburg, Tennessee. Like wherever you drink Jack Daniels in the world, it's coming from Lynchburg. And it's a dry county. So they can't actually serve you the, the Tennessee whiskey. So they put it into their okay. food. Which is really cool. So they, there's a restaurant, there's a famous restaurant there where she used, there's woman used to house people that would come through town and like people who were in school there, like this was way back when. Um, and they'll just find whatever way they can put Jack Daniels into the food. Um, they make like a really good caramelized apple and they'll put Jack Daniels in it. And it's just, I think it's cool to see how they move around the law and kind of like sneak it in a little. I mean, they're not breaking any laws, but it's just, it's interesting because they've been dry county forever. So they've had to live with this and they know how to put the alcohol in the food is all I can say. <laughs> nice. That sounds good. And then uh, Kenny, for you, if there's any moment that you would look back on. Yeah. Uh, so the first like really good food and wine pairing that I ever had um, was on my wines concentration. Um, and before that prior, obviously I did like little like mock ones where you'd have like a couple pieces of cheese and a pretzel and almonds and like little random things like that. And then you try it with different wines. Um, but that doesn't really get to the effect of like having like full complete dishes that are specifically paired with certain wines. And like the entire process is just like taken on by a restaurant. And that really the first time that that happened was when I was on the wines concentration with a number of people. Uh, I went to the French Laundry which I would hope that for the price that we were paying, that it would be an amazing experience. And it certainly didn't disappoint. Um, it was a really, really amazing. And it was the first time that I truly got to see like incredible dishes paired up so amazingly with these wines. And one specific dish that they had, it was the dessert. I forget exactly what the dessert was, but the wine pairing with it was just so good that I always remember the wine. It was a 20 year tawny port. Um, and I took a bite of the dessert and it was like really, really good, of course. But then when you tried it with the wine, it just like made it so much better. I just like blew the flavors out of proportion. And that was really the the first time that I truly started appreciating like what wine can do for food and that you can always really, no matter what you're eating, you could always pair it with a wine as well as you could probably pair it with any type of cocktail or beers and things like that. Um, but it really made me appreciate like beverage more so that just having something to drink with it can completely change the experience. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you all for sharing that. Um, great. Well, I don't know. I, I guess I would like to just go around and if there's anything else you'd like to add about, um, you know, beverage informers, or if you wanted to drop your own Instagram handles or any other messages you wanted to leave before the podcast is over, uh, just feel free. Um, um, yeah. So our Instagram is 
at Bev Informers, B-E-V-I-N, the number four, M-E-R-S. Um, my own Instagram is Sarah, B-U-C-H-A-N-A-N-7. Um, and we would take any suggestions that anyone would have that could make our Instagram better. Um, we are all new to this. We're all looking at other Instagrams to see what they're doing, to see how we can improve ourselves, how we can stand out. So, I mean, we're completely open to any, not criticism, but <laughs> any feedback <laughs> um, that anyone would have just, oh, I would love to see this done. I would love to see more of this. I, oh, can you provide more information about anything that we're doing? So, my little. Yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of just figuring it out as uh, we, we had like discussions of how we want it to be when we start. But obviously, once you start any type of Instagram page or business or anything like that, like it's very different than how you'd expect it. So we're sort of figuring some things out as we go along with like, oh, like this doesn't really work or oh, we should start doing this and things like that. Um, so just uh, keep that in mind that we've only had this page for about three days now. Uh, so we're still very early on in this process. Also, one last thing I wanted to say is that Parker James is part of this Instagram page, but he was having a lot of technical issues. So I just wanted to bring that up that he is the fourth member. That's why that's Bev Informers. That's where the number four comes from. So that's why it makes sense. At a three Michelin restaurant in New York. So he knows what he's talking about. Sorry, can I go? No, no that, that was it. I just wanted to talk about that we're early on and that Parker is a member. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Parker is equally a member. He just couldn't get on. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm pretty much going to piggyback on what they're saying. We are new to this, but uh, definitely open suggestions. Uh, if Please ask us or tell us something. Uh, that would be very informative. And I like we all like learning something new. So please let us inform us. Or any like suggestions, like we all live in different parts of the country, like, oh, this is a cool bar I went to that's near you. Or like, oh, this is a cool winery or brewery that I went to. Like, let us know. We would love to go. Or even if it's like something that we can get off online and we could try yeah. it and then we could talk about it. That'd be really cool. Uh, it's very easy to, at least for beer wise, you can just buy it on their website and they get shipped. It's very easy. All right. Awesome. Yeah, well, like I said, thank you all for coming on and thank you for sharing all the information. Um, and I will say something about Parker in the intro to this episode. So um, he's not completely out of it. I do, you know, wish he was able to, you know, uh, you know, be here today, but obviously he had technical issues. So, but yeah, I just want to say thank you all and I hope you all stay safe during the quarantine. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So there you have it. The interview with the Bev Informers. I hope you all are doing safe. Please feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps me out a ton. It lets me get some feedback, get exposure, and it really just shows me what you are looking for in episodes. So please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Please follow the Bev Informers on their Instagram, and we will see you on the next Lankly Thoughts podcast.